Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And we're going to go through Revelation chapter 1, see what we can find to feed our souls. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. How are you doing? Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm doing wonderful. The Lord's blessed. I'm still here, so any day I'm here, I got a good another day to get this thing right. It's called life. <laughs> so how's your day been? That's been a little rough physically, but other than that, fine, just fine. Amen. Amen. That's something I've never taught on this program before, but uh, I need to get this out. Or like when your day is going backwards from what the day that you thought it should be going, then you should speak this into the air, saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, I stop this day now, and I turn it into another direction, and then believe that it's getting ready to change. And that's what I do anytime that, you know, like things going wrong, or I said, oh, it's time for me to stop this and start my day over again. And if people start doing some of the things about what the word says, the word, if you work the word, the word will work for you. And one of the things that uh, on this uh, signs, wonders, and miracles, when we started off, we started teaching about the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we learned that every chapter in the book of Acts had signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, it's the same thing. With the Bible, it has, uh, in the book of Revelation, it explains itself. The Bible it does not need any private interpretation that it always, always interprets itself. Or like one of my friends said, it explains itself. But it's like a jigsaw puzzle. And you have to jump around from here to there, and a little bit here and a little bit there. And then they put it together so it can give an understanding of what the word is saying. And you got to remember, God hides things. That's why he said, ask, seek, and knock. He wants you to, to participate. He wants you to search the word out. He doesn't want you to be lazy. He wants you to be uh, endeavoring, trying to find out what does the word says for me. Because uh, if people understand, you cannot live for somebody else. In other words, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And then it's written in there, the just shall live by his faith. Just like it says, every man must carry his own burdens, or every man must lift, uh, pick up his cross daily. The word cross means life burdens. So we have to go through different things every day. And, and some people are saying, why me? Why me? It's because this is not our home. Satan is the God of this world. And he has blinded people to think that, oh, this is, our, this is where my final resting place is. So everything's supposed to be rosy once I accept the Lord. No, that's when the test begins. It's when you accept the Lord. But then you have to learn the ground rules, and the ground rules is in Matthew, the sixth chapter, where it says, um, uh, but first seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, 
and all these other things will be added unto you. Well, what does that mean, seek ye first the kingdom? Well, first of all, if you think about what is a kingdom, a kingdom is a place that somebody rules. And then the, who does the rule? It's the king. So the king makes the rules. And then it says, of God. Well, since you've been listening to the teaching, you'll find out the word God means the word. That's why we have, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the same as was in the beginning. And so, as we're going to be studying the book of Revelation today, you're going to see how the the book of Revelation interprets itself. And that's why I said do not add or subtract because whatever you add or subtract, that's going to be added to you, the curses uh, of the scriptures and stuff. So that's why we have to pay close attention that it will interpret or explain itself. So let's start off with chapter one of the book of Revelation. And verse 1, chapter 1 and verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, what does revelation mean? It means to reveal that it's something that is hidden needs to be revealed. The Bible, where it says the book of Revelation, explains itself, but you have to take your time and study. And it's not like the other books, the other books that we the other uh, 65 books, we have to look around. It could be in Leviticus. It could be in Deuteronomy. It could be in uh, one of the prophets or something like that. But in the book of Revelation, it explains itself. It's just you taking your time and searching it out. So it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servant things which must shortly come to pass, he sent and signified it by his angel into his servant, John. So we, we got something that's getting ready to be revealed, something that's getting ready to come to pass. And we'd have to know what the rest of the Bible teaches. Like Jesus said, I come in the volume of the book as it is written to me. In other words, he said, the revelation is in the book. The revelation is in the word. The revelation is what is hidden. But he wants to bring it forth so that it can prosper you. And that's when we'll have the book of John. It says, Beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in health as your soul. See, it doesn't just prosper and be in health. It says, as your soul prospers. And as you start to read the book of Revelation, it's going to prosper you. You're going to be blessed. And as I told you, the Bible always explains itself or interprets itself. So here it goes right here. It says, the second verse, it says, Who bear witness of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ of all things he saw? Blessed he that readeth, there's the first blessing, and they that hear the word of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So the third part says, blessed, blessed means happy. That's one of the words for Hebrew words for blessed, happy. So happy is he that readeth and hear that hears the word and the prophecy. Because the word prophecy, another word for that is uh, the gospel. A lot of times people say gospel means death, burial, and resurrection. That's just barely a little of it. 
the gospel means prophecy. Everything is about the prophecy of who was written in the book. And who was written in the book? The word of God was. And who's the word of God? The Lord Jesus Christ. But there is some mystery that's hidden even in that. And as I said, the book of Revelation will explain itself as we read. Then it says, to John, the seven churches that are Asia, grace unto you and peace from him which was, which is, and which was, and which is to come. And from the seven, now watch these, seven spirits which are before his throne. Now you reading there, what does spirit mean? With Hebrew words, I told you it could be 10 different words at the same time. One of the things can mean spirit as in a being. It can also mean messenger. It can also mean understanding. And seven can mean the number seven, or it can be the Hebrew word for seven, or it can be uh, a word that means complete. All right? But you have to understand how is it used and how it's to be read. Because you can read the book of Revelation and think you've got understanding, but if the Bible doesn't ex explain itself and you try to give an interpretation, it'll come out wrong every time. All right, let's keep on going. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Or what does that mean, washed us from our, from our sins in his own blood? Well, the word blood also means life. So it was by Jesus' life showing that uh, he kept the law, he did everything that was perfect, and that's why he should not have been killed, because he lived a perfect life. And the Bible says, you know, if you will keep these things, talking about the 300, uh, 613 laws and stuff, thou shalt and shall not, then you shall... Uh, according to the rules of what the Bible says, that you live the perfect life and you continue to live. But because the demons did not know that he was the king of glory, they killed him. And because of that, they gave us a right to be brought into his blood, which is called redemption, redeemed by the blood of the lamb, and in his life, and that our life can be changed. So we give our filthy, dirty rags until the most high God and he gives us grace and mercy and gives it into us to live by his life. And then it says in the sixth verse, it says, and who has made us kings and priests unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The word amen means truth. It says, behold, he comes in the clouds and every eye shall see him. They shall also would pierce them, and also the king, all the kings of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen, are the truth. Now, I want you to pay close attention to this, because that's what we're doing. We're studying the word of God. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Now, in Hebrew, that word olive and Omega is Aleph Tau, which means uh, the head and the cross. The first word is the head. The last word is the cross. So everything 
came from the beginning, which was by the word of God, and it ends at the cross or at the burdens that Jesus had did for us and that we give him our life burden and carry on to salvation. All right, let's keep on going. Says I, John, who is also your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ, was in the owl that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and hearing behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Now, you remember I tell you the Bible always interprets itself or explains itself. So we don't know what is those, uh, the, uh, the stuff has been explained until the Bible interprets it itself. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what you see right in a book, and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thessalonica, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and being turned, I saw, now listen to this, I saw seven golden candlestick. Now, we know what gold is, and we know what a candlestick is. Why is it so important to know uh, the seven golden candlesticks? I told you the Bible always interprets itself. So let's find out what the golden stick, the seven is, and what is the candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed in a garment down to his foot, Girded with the path with a golden girdle, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. It did not say his hair was like wool. That's where people are always trying to interpret things. But you had to go back in the Old Testament and stuff. But this this does a good job by explaining. It says white as snow. It didn't say it was snow. White as snow. It didn't say it was wool. It was white like wool, and his eyes were a flame of fire, and his feet were a fine brass, and they were as burned in a furnace, and his voice was the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, okay? And out of his mouth went a two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last. What he's talking about when he keeps saying, I am the beginning, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, he's talking about the Hebrew alphabet. And the reason he he's talking about the Hebrew alphabet, if you will understand the Hebrew alphabet, which all the Hebrew children, boys and girls, have to learn that thing. They have to memorize the first five books. And they also have to memorize the Hebrew alphabet and what does it mean. It's not like with us where we have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, which don't mean anything to A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But with them, it's Olive, Beth, Gimel, Dalit, Hay, Var, Zion. I just hit seven of them. Each, if you go back, it Olive means head. Beth means house. Uh, Gimel means give. Dalit means knowledge. Hay means thought, speech, and action. Uh, Var means connected. And then uh, 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 Zayin means 
with sword or with love or offense. So if you put those together, and as I say, with Hebrew words, it can be many different things. But if you put it together according to what it's supposed to be, it will say, in the beginning, God, the head of the house, uh, created knowledge. That's why he said my people perish for lack of knowledge. And he connected it with thought, speaking, action, so that you'll be able to have wisdom, understanding, and knowledge how to operate in the kingdom of God. Now, you say, well, that don't seem like it says all that, but that's why you have to study. That's what they did. The children studied that stuff to where it became a part of them. That's why they're able to prosper as their soul or as their thoughts prosper, and they be in health. Now, everybody doesn't be in health because everybody doesn't do the, the things that's supposed to be done, and sometimes you can do everything you're supposed to do, doing all the stand to stand, and then trouble's still going to come. Because Job said there's man is born into uh, trouble for many days. The world is not our home. We're passing through. This is a test. And the reason we take a test is not to prove to God how good we are, how wonderful we are. It's to let us know how shortcoming we are. And that's why we have the law. The law shows us our shortcomings. And as we start practicing to live holy lives, and not according just to the law, but according to what you know to do what's right, we have a conscience, and that conscience is the Holy Spirit. If we don't have a conscience, then we're not part of God's family. Now, we can be called into God's family, and we can be saved. But until, until the blindness is left off of our eyes, we walk around in darkness. We walk around in confusion. And once you realize, oh, this is just a test, just like Jesus had to go through it, you've got to go through it. The world does not accept you. It didn't accept Jesus. They tried to kill Jesus. The world is trying to kill you. But the thing is, if you understand by the Spirit, which means understanding, then you're able to defend yourself. You're able to move as best you can. But remember, you're not always going to succeed. There's going to be days it's going to be bad. It's going to be rough. And then there's other days that are going to be so beautiful that you just can't do nothing wrong. Everything comes out right for you. So anyway, uh, any of you want to ask questions, as I say, you the number you're on, if you push one, it lets, uh, lets us know that you're on the, on the broadcast and you'd like to ask questions. So, so right now, we just continue on unless somebody stops me. We're going to uh, finish on what the Bible says. It says, the 18th verse, it says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen, which means truth. In Hebrew, it means emit means the truth, and have the keys of hell and of death. And it says, write these things which you have seen, and all the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery are the hidden truths of the seven stars. Remember I told you the Bible interprets itself or explains itself. It says, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the are the angels of the seven churches. Now, before we read, it says, uh, number four, it says, which is to come, the seven spirits, which are before his throne. So now the Bible is in explaining itself. So the word spirit, in this case, means angels. 
So these are the seven, the seven stars are the seven angels. And the candlestick that you saw, these are the, uh, the seven candlesticks represent the seven churches. So now that every time you see this, unless the Lord changes it some, uh, into something else, every time you see the word uh, seven stars, that means the seven angels. Every time you see the uh, seven candlesticks, it represents the seven churches, our church age. All right, now let's go to chapter two in the book of Revelation. Unto the angel or the star of the church of Ephesus, right? These things says, he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy work and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them which are evil. They have tried them, and they said they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and have borne and have patience for my namesake, have labored and have not fainted. Now, let's go back and look at this, because the Bible tells us, study to show yourself approved unto God, that a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly divide or understand the word of truth. All right? God's word is truth. So, but it hides things. As I told you, you got to take your time and study, and you have to understand a little about Hebrew. You ain't got to know understand everything. But you got to know something about Hebrew, and you've got to walk in the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God doesn't give you revelation, you'll still never get it. You'll interpret it through your flesh, and your flesh will always mess up. All right? So let's go back to the first verse of chapter 2. The first thing we've seen is angel, which means messenger, which is one of the, is one of the seven stars. All right? And the golden candlestick represents the church or the seven church ages, which are the churches that we read their names already. Now he said, I know your works. And then he said, I know you can't bear them that are evil. And you, those that says they are apostles, apostle means sent one. Sent one. There's a lot of people say they are apostles and they're not. And have found them liars and have borne and you have borne for my patience, my namesake. What his name means? Authority. You have labored for my authority and have not fainted. In other words, you told the truth, but the, the world don't receive the truth. The world will not understand what the truth is, that we're here to please Jesus. We're here to please the Father. We're here to do his will. But if we get into the same time about, what about me? What about me? What about me? You'll get depressed. You'll get uh, downhearted. You'll be uh, under trying to figure out where is God now when you need help. He ain't gone nowhere. He's closer to you than your breath and your mouth. But you have to learn how to change your days. Like I told y'all, I had to change mine because it was going the opposite of what I wanted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because I have left that first love. Remember, therefore, where you where thou art fallen and repent. In other words, turn opposite direction and do the first work, or else I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick. What is the candlestick? The church out of this place, except you repent. A lot of churches are out of order. They talk about, oh, I'm preaching the gospel, and 
the name it and claim it and stuff. You got even preachers that's re- rebuking that now. They they used to preach name it and claim it, but they knew they they can see the results of it. It is not changing people's lives. It's not getting people saved. It's not getting people delivered. All it is is get them after money. And then you know what the Bible says: the love of money is the root of all evil. And I hear preachers say, "Well, you don't have money, you you be sad." Listen. Money is not the primary thing. It's love one another. Jesus was poor. His disciples were poor. Every time you look up, they were giving away their money. But because of what they did, people loved them. And they could show love for one another. That's the only way you show you're a Christian anyway, showing love. Not how much money you got, but love for one another. People go around and they say, well, you can't be happy unless you got money. That's what the world teaches. God says that if you'll love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he will give you the happiness. That's why it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, there's so much that we have got to change in our lives to get it back to what our first love, which was the word of God, back to the basics and stop trying to be super intelligent about the word because a lot of times P-R-I-D-E gets in, pride. And pride will take you down. Especially when you find out the truth and you know you're wrong. But hey, if you start telling telling the true gospel with this prophecy and stuff, you won't have those big donations coming into the church. People will be saying, well, uh, we, we can't afford this big building. Maybe you don't need a big building. You need a small building and teach others so they can go out and witness to others. See, it's not how big the building is that wins souls. It's how the other persons go out and win souls. The Bible says he who wins souls are wise. So that's the main thing. We got to look at what is not looking for what's in it for me, but looking in it for what is it that the Lord wants to do and what can I do for the Lord. Then it says, uh, the sixth verse, it says, But thou hast this, that thou hate the deeds of the Nicolodians, which I also hate. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. To him that overcome, will I give him to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God, or in the midst of the presence of God. That's what the word uh, paradise means, presence. And the angel of the church of Smyrna write these things, says the first and the last, which was dead and and was and alive. First and the last is another word for representing the Hebrew alphabet. Jesus keeps telling you over and over again, I am the Hebrew alphabet. Study me. That's why he says, learn of me. You'll find out that I'm meek and lowly, not proud and arrogant. He said, humble yourself under the hand of God. And it's God wants to, he will lift you up. But don't mean he's going to. So you have to submit your will to the one who's in charge of you. And since the most high God is in charge of us, stop looking for him to always be like a genie, rubbing him and say, give me this, give me that. But learn to obey God. He said, obedience is better than sacrifice and all burnt offerings. He says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. But thou art rich. 
For I know the blasphemy of them which says they are Jews, which is another word for Jew is saying, I believe in Yahweh, and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So in other words, who is Satan? He's the accusers of the brethren. He's always trying to say, yeah, they, they ain't what they say they are. That's why we have to prove Satan a liar, which he really is, that we serve our God, not because of what we're going to get from him, but what we can do for our our Lord, our King, our our deliverer, our safety, our high tower, our place that dwell under the secret place of the most high. All these things is the one, and the one is the only one that can save us. It's, it's the 10th verse. It says, fear none of these things, for thou, uh, that thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that he may try you or test you, and you'll be in tribulation 10 days. Before thou faithful, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. And in other words, why does it say 10 days? 10 means wholeness. In other words, until it's completely done. And it doesn't mean you're going to be in jail 10 days or 10 years or anything like that. It means until it's complete. So a lot of, some people can go through in eight years. Moses went through, it took him 80 years. <laughs> in other words, the children of Israel took them 40 years, and it's still they had to keep on going through to go back through the test until they finally passed it, where they could go to the promised land. So in other words, as you start to read the scriptures, as, far as you start to understand or eat the, of the tree of life, which is the word, which is in the midst of, of God, then these things, which is, I told you, the Hebrew alphabet will teach you things and that will bring things into your life that will prosper you. That's why I said, uh, the ninth verse says, I know thy works, tribulation, and poverty, but thou art rich. You can be broke and have everything you need. And one of the things that everybody needs, and that is called peace. In Hebrew, it's shalom. 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 Some of you would pay anything you could have to have peace in your life. There's multimillionaires that will, that's killing themselves they don't have peace. All they're worrying about is money and people trying to take their money. But if you're if you don't have nothing to worry about, oh goodness. The peace and the, uh you'll get a good night's sleep, get up good morning, and everything else that you need because of Shalom or the tenfold blessing in peace. All right. And then it says fear none of these things. The tenth verse. There are none of these things which thou shalt suffer. People want to be in Christ, but they don't want to suffer. If the Bible says you're going to suffer, what's going to happen? You're going to suffer, but go through with joy. Because the devil can't whoop you until he steals your joy. When he steals your joy, he's got you whooped. If you'll learn to look through your adversities and smile and say, the Lord got this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He takes care of me. He leaves me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He's the one that leads me in the righteousness for his, not mine, for his namesake, for his authority. Then it says, but his, uh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry about the uh, 
phone. I have another phone in the office here, and people call me on the other phone here. Let's try to close, turn it off. All right. Hey, uh, Dorothy, are you there? Yep, I'm here. All right. Do you have any questions? I'm sorry about that phone there. I got to have that one hooked up. It's one of those <laughs> uh, magic jacks. Uh-huh. Ah, yes. Oh, area code 702 just raised his hand. Let me open his mic. Your okay. mic is open, area code 702. All right. Anyone, can y'all hear me? Yes, I can. Yep. How you doing? Well, um, I'm making it through. Amen. Been, uh, yes, sir. I've been, uh, the Lord's been dealing with me on some things. And, you know, the the Lord's right. And everybody else is wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> I tell you, I just sometimes I forget that, and his word reminds me. So, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, so kind of to that point, I uh, been trying to get my act together, according to the how the word of God says, and mm-hmm. so uh, it, it wasn't last week, but last broadcast message, you know. I was thinking about that earlier this week and kind of was examining myself. And I said, well, you know, I maybe have been looking at some loopholes for things and uh, to get around, you know, really doing what's right on some things. But what's, what's I've been being bothered with is in the scriptures, um, I've been in Romans lately, but also in all over the Psalms, it talks about uh, the Lord avenging us and you know counseling us. Hey, you know vengeance doesn't belong to you, anyways. You know, yeah. Uh, so the Lord wants you to you know pray for him, treat him right, or at the very least, hey, don't take revenge. Don't right. Don't don't do that. And it says that we'll see the Lord avenge us, or we'll see our will, or our desires come upon our enemies. The Lord would destroy them. And uh, I just feel like that is not – I've been believing it, and I'm not trying to – this isn't me expressing doubt. It's just in some cases I haven't seen the Lord. Even if I've seen some people come into some troubles, they're not out of my way. They're not not like I want them destroyed, but I don't see the word of God manifesting in that way. And I'm not revenging against them. I'm not hateful. I'm I try and pray for them when I have when I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I just I don't know. I'm I'm well, I don't know you, what's going the word on. With that. Is, mm-hmm. Well, the word is that God is long suffering. It's not his will for any to perish. So he gives them a long cord trying to get them to be uh, turned back to the right way before he might call vengeance upon them. 
But the thing is, we never know when he's going to cause vengeance upon somebody or when he's going to bless somebody. His, his ideas about how this universe should be run is different than what we do. That's why I'm so glad that we have a savior. That's where uh, Job was saying, if I only had a man that could talk for me, a mediator, and then I could talk to God, because he felt like he, he wasn't able to talk to God, but yet still the scriptures came on later on with the, uh, the they said there would be one that would be brought to be a, a man, a man. In other words, he'd, he'd be from the house of David, a man. There'll be a mediator between God and man. And the Bible says, and the man was Christ Jesus. So we have a mediator. They, it, it can feel the same things that we went through, but without sin. In other words, he could have uh, judged that woman, that the, uh, the uh, prostitute. He could have said, okay. Uh, he put down, first of all, things into the dirt. And they looked at it and one after another walked away. But there was only he was left with the woman. And he, she said, well, I find no accusers. He said, okay, I accuse you not. Because you got to have at least two witnesses to accuse somebody of a crime. But then he said, now go and sin no more. Or at least something else will come up on you. And it'll be worse. And so a lot of times we repent from things. But yet and still we try to find, like you were talking earlier, loopholes. And because of that, we, the loopholes is what gets us in trouble. It's better to be obedient than to try to sacrifice and say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, and all this, and I'll do this and that and that for you from now on, and I won't do nothing else that wrong. God doesn't need that. He wants obedience. And a lot of times we, as I say, uh, you know, some of the things I teach at the church, is that you got to take over your kingdom. We got to fight. That's why I said the uh, the uh, violence take it by force. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violence take it by force. In other words, we're the ones that's supposed to fight. God didn't say that He would do the fighting for us. He said He would do the revenging for us. But He said if you submit yourself unto God, resist the devil. He will flee from you. Then he gives us another well, scripture. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Right. And so to that course, uh, the word is right and the Lord's right. I just feel that some people that are, I'll say heathens at best and outright Declarating, you know, they've declared themselves as full-on pagans, honestly. And I just, I think, okay, Lord, well, is it just, is there no judgment on them for afflicting me, or do is it, is it just allowed? And then I'm just being punished, and that's just, just how the court system is functioning. Well, let let those wicked people over there just have their way and. You know, people of the Lord, specifically me, <laughs> over mm -hmm. here, and they're just having their run of the house per se. Because mm -hmm. I can you know, put the word, you, put the word against, uh, you know, plead the word, mm -hmm. believe on it, and try and 
do my best to keep it. Mm. And there's this steadily there. But you notice what you said, especially about me. You, it's all about you. Instead no, of understanding this is the well, kingdom and this is about him. And he right. doesn't want any to perish. He doesn't right. want any of them to perish. So he's doing his best. And I, and I give you an example about, well, he wasn't a pagan, but look at Paul. Paul was evil, you know, compared to Christian. He was k- killing folks, and he was taking pleasure in it. But if we had killed Paul, if God had sent the word to kill Paul, most of the, the New Testament would have never been written. The people you least expect might be the one that's going to turn around. Just because we don't see it right now, and we we see all we see is they're they're doing wrong, or they haven't uh, taken advantage of us. But God said we're here to suffer. But there are some days that are going to be good, some days that are going to be bad, some days you're going to have more power, some days you're going to have less power. It's all about the test. That's just all it is. If you keep remember, as you always say, God's right. The word is right. He knows what he's doing. And we don't try to figure out what he's doing. Our job is just to obey. There was Sam, uh, what's his name? Saul, back in the Old Testament. He figured that, well, he didn't do, God ain't had Samuel there on time. So I'll go ahead and do the sacrifice. I'll do here and do the prayer. And then I will complete what should be complete or what I think should be complete. And what happened? He lost the kingdom. He had an evil spirit put upon him and everything. But the people that could have been saved, could have been saved because of him not doing what he was supposed to, had this man named Haman, and Haman killed Jews. So no telling what all got killed, just like with Hitler. Hitler ended up killing Jews, and most people didn't know that Hitler was Jewish himself. He was trying to kill his father. He didn't know who his father was, but he knew he was a Jew. So like I tell people, do what the word says. What does it talk about the uh, uh, sower went out to sow seed? And when it, he sowed seed, then it said the devil came quickly and stole the seed out of the ground. Or, hey, the, uh, it was caught up in weed, and the weed choked out the word. Our job is to bring forth the word, and even if we don't understand it, try to love our neighbors, even love our enemies. That's one of the things that he said, love our enemies. Do good to them that do evil to us. And that is not easy. But the more well, that's the truth. It, it is. It's been a certain test. I'll say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not easy, but the more you practice it, what the word says, the things change for you. The better it gets. Now, like myself, I look at the world differently than what I looked at it last year. I look at the world differently than I looked at it thirty years ago. I look at it differently because the more I mature, the more I find out, okay, God is right. I'm wrong. Let me do it the way God says. Look at it the way he says with understanding. What understanding? 
that God's word really works. And that's why we're reading the book of Revelation today. And that's why we're, I'm teaching y'all how the Bible always interprets or explains itself. It tells you that the word will, if you study it long enough, you'll find a little here, a little there, according to Isaiah, the 28th chapter. And the ninth verse, if you want to know knowledge, this is it. And as the more we start to uh, seek God's face through the understanding of the word, then we'll start to see things change. But it may not change right away. Then again, it could change overnight. I've known some people that were broke one day and the next day somebody came out of nowhere and gave them a check and they became rich. To give you an example, a lady down there in Oklahoma, she was broke, living on the street, and this lady having to see her and started talking to her and witnessing to her and ended up bringing her over to her house and gave her a place to stay because she hired her to help take care of the house. Within one year's time, the lady who owned the house said, well, I'm going overseas and I'm giving you this brand new house. It was like $1.5 million home. So you never know what God's going to do. Wow. Um, oh, any other questions? Uh, well, nothing, nothing really. Nope. That was, uh, right. that was the only thing I had prepared to, call you about and get some clarity okay well i'm so glad to hear from you daniel you always bring up some good uh questions and stuff because it helps other people if, if you don't think it helps you it still helps listening to your testimony or what you're going through somebody else is probably going through the same identical thing and it gives them hope to realize hey i ain't in this by myself all right well you have a blessed day and I hope, hope to see you Sunday. Okay. All right. If there's anybody else that has anything you want to call in, all you have to do is push one, and that lets us know that you're on the uh, broadcast. Uh, do you have anything you want to ask, Dorothy? Have I, have I went too fast or no, too I, slow? Or? I I think you're going just fine. Um. It is difficult, though. I will agree with uh, Daniel that some of these trials are really hard to to grasp what the lesson is, but always look for the lesson. Father will tell you what it is. Okay, Father, I'm dealing with this. It's hard. What am I supposed to be learning so I can get it done with and get on to the next lesson? Yeah. You know, it's just... <laughs> That's one of the yep. things about the word, the word uh, in Revelation. It says, "To him that overcomes." So that means you got to you got to win this test. You got to keep going through the test, and every time you pass the test, another level, another devil, and it's always a bigger devil than the one you went through. All right. Well, let me continue on here. It says, uh, second chapter, the tenth verse. It says, fear none of these things which shall, that you shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, and that he may try you or test you, that you shall have tribulation or testing or trial ten days, and be thou faithful. I told you ten days don't mean ten days. It means that it's complete, a wholeness. And it says, be thou faithful unto death. See, 
Some people will be faithful for a, for a time or a season. But when it says unto death, that means you got to keep on. And then it says, I, this is the Lord. He said, I will give you a crown of life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. He that overcome, there it again, again. He that overcome shall not be hurt in the second death. Wow. Wow. You, you know, you look at that when it says the second death, what is the first death? See, he said, be faithful unto death. And he said, I will give you a crown of life. In other words, you may die, but I'll bring you back to life. And that's the thing. If you, if you live, you know, if you're brought back to life, then the second death will not hurt you. You will not have to worry about it. Then the 12th verse, it says, and the angel of the church of Pergamos write these things. He that has the sharp sword with the two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat. And thou holdest fast my name or authority, and hast not denied my faith or your trust, even in the days where Antipas was my faithful mortar, who was slain among you, where Satan dwells. Satan dwells in the places where you least expect it. Where is that? In your church, in your mind, in your job. If you're going through tests, Satan is the God of this world. And to be faithful, even unto what you don't understand, even if it kills you, be faithful. Jesus was faithful even unto death. And he had problems. He had questions. He said, uh, he asked the Father, can you can this thing pass me? You know, but never the will, never the flesh, not his will, but let the Father's will be done. And his Father's will was for him to pay the to redeem us from the law of sin and death and that he had to die. And he even got on the cross and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So he knows what it means to be feared. He knows what it means to feel uh, rejected. He, he, he went through everything that we're going through. But he was faithful even unto death. And that's what we have to be. People say, well, how do you fight the demons? That's the good thing about signs, wonders, and miracles. We quote the word. Well, I, I done did everything I can, and it ain't working. What is he? What the word says, doing all you can to stand, then stand. That's in the book of Ephesians. In other words, be faithful. Uh, I, I'm tired of these people attacking me. I'm tired of these spirits attacking me. Don't worry. Do what the word says. Love these people, even if you, if, if you can't find nothing to love in them. Now, you ain't got to hang out with these folks. You know, come on, let's go down to the club and let's do this. And we can be friends then. No, stand up and show your part that I'm following the Lord. Even if you think you're having fun, I may not have fun now. But, hey, there is a time and it's going to be a place where it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I done passed. I done overcome. That's what we're looking for. Overcome. <clears throat> Okay, trying to get myself comfortable here. And it says, uh, the 14th verse, I have a few things against thee, because thou has there to hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak how to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, these things sacrificed unto idols and commit fornication. An idol can be a uh, uh, money, 
It can be position. It can be people. And fornication, you know, there's sex outside of marriage. And it can be uh, a number of things of doing that, you know. That's why I tell people, I say, listen, let's stop looking for loopholes and let's look for what we need to do. Let's get this done. And if God wants to give me mercy and passion on something, good. But other than that, I'm going to do what it's supposed to be. Then it says 15. So that, so has thou them that hold the doctrine of Nicolonians, which things I hate. There's some things God hates. <laughs> and uh, Nicolonians, what they did was they practiced having sex outside the, or even inside the uh, church building or what they call the gathering place. That's why he hates that. And he says, repent or else I will come against thee and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth, the two-edged sword, the word of God, the fire of God, uh, the javelin of God, the battle axe of God. God has a lot of weapons. God has a lot of weapons, the smoke, the uh, coals of fire and stuff like that. But he's the one who does it. That's why I tell people, learn to flow in the spirit so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The spirit will give you understanding as you start to flow in the spirit. Then it says 17, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcome, there it again, overcome, I will give to eat of the hitting manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name or authority written that no man knoweth save him that receiveth. Now, the word manna means, what is it? It's hidden. It's secret. That's what it says. Eyes have uh, not seen or, or has it entered into the heart of men, the things that God has for us, but it's been revealed by the Spirit. It's the understanding of the Spirit will show you things, and then you will start to overcome the situation you're going through. And if you don't overcome it, just stand still and know that he is God. Don't give up. Fight through. I'm saying uh, the verse uh, 18, it says, And the angel of the church of Thessalonica, these things says, The Son of God, who has his eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass. I know thy works and charity. Charity means love and service. I love to do things for people. That's what your attitude should be. Not what can people do for me. What can I do for the people? What about especially the house of God, the children that's born again? You try your best to do more for them than you even do for your own biological family. Because you show love for them and they showing love, then the people that watch you, they will start to learn how to love people. Even in the midst of the most evilest family, family when they see that how love is changing you or changed uh, other members of the family, they will change if you keep on being the same. But if one day you're up, the next day you're down. Oh, God loves us. Look at all the things I'm being blessed. And then the next day, I don't know where God is. I'm I'm going through. I'm going through. Listen, be on it. Be balanced. Even keel. In other words, if things are going bad with you, just, hey, things are going bad, but the Lord's getting ready to change that. You know, speak. Uh, Trust in God's word for your life. That's one thing I like about uh, that 18th verse. It says, these things said the son of God, 
who has eyes like a flame of fire. You know, if you look upon a person who is not saved and the Holy Spirit is moving in you, they will see that flame of fire. They will see it. And those demons get scared when you know who you are. But as long as you don't know who you are, the flame is cool, and they'll just keep on trying to attack you. But when you look at them and you say it with confidence, the word will work. I don't care if I see it working or not. It works, and I trust the word. Then it says, 19, I know the work and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy work and the last to be more than the first. Man, I, that's, I want God to tell me that that my service is good, because I want to hear that word, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. But that ain't going to happen until it's time to enter into the joy. Other than that, we're here to fight. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou suffered that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants, or mislead them to commit fornication, and to eat things suffered, Sacrifice to idols. When it says seduce my servants, it's it's uh, what we call seducing spirits, and it doesn't mean sexual. It means to go into a heretical teachings or uh, out of the way error. God is telling us to love one another. They're talking about oh, you got to get all the money you can, name it and claim it. You want this thing, lay your hands on it and claim. That is not what God taught. He did not teach that, but mankind has. And that Jezebel is not only a woman, but it can be a man. Plus, when you have a Jezebel prophetess or person in your church, always one, they know everything, and they want to always lead you. The Lord has a word for you, honey, and if you, if you obey this, God's going to let you live. But if you don't, then you're going to die. God ain't sent that word to most people but because they want to be recognized. They want to hear, hey, she's a prophetess or he's a prophet. Then they will use these things to control or manipulate people. And that is nothing but witchcraft. Witchcraft, the main thing about witchcraft is to manipulate, manipulate, control, dominate. And that is a thing that comes from the flesh. It's not a spiritual thing. If you go back and read Ephesians 5 and 19, you'll find out that it's written in there. It is a flesh thing. Yes, the body, the mind is not just the body. It's the mind that has power. But the spirit has superpower. And that's why I'd rather walk in the spirit instead of walking in the flesh. All right? But the reason the church is and people that's outside the church is turning to walk with Satan because at least they see power. The churches, most of the churches now are dead. They need a resurrection. And thank God it's coming and it's already started. We're getting ready to have a major revival here in the United States and in the, in the world. They have already started sending missionaries from Africa to come to the United States to preach. Now, it used to be the other way around. We were sending missionaries to everybody else. Now they're sending missionaries to us because we're in such bad shape. 
who are teaching wrong teaching, wrong doctrine, seducing doctrines and stuff, and we're not repenting. And that's what we have to do. We have to repent. So let's keep on going here. The 21st uh, verse, it says, I gave her a space to repent of her fornication. And I ain't talking about sex all the time. As I say, it's seducing thoughts and stuff. Trying to be, trying to get everything from me, 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 me. All about me. And then said, well, it's not about me, but. So you said, but it is about you. And she re repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her in a great, you see that thing? With her in great tribulation, except they repent from their deeds. The reason is, I'm trying to, I brought it up, great tribulation. There's two tribulation periods coming. There's the tribulation period, which is going to last three and a half years, and then there's the great tribulation period. Now, this is the Bible talking about the great tribulation period. And the first time you ever read about it, you read it in the book of Matthew, and I believe it's in the book of uh, Luke, where it talks about the tribulation and the great tribulation period. All right? This is going to happen. And except they'll repent of their deeds, they're going to they're gonna die. Then it says, and I will kill their children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins of the heart. And I will give to everyone according to your works. You know, they always say, well, God knows my heart. Well, what does it say? I know your heart. I'm going to kill the kids. And he ain't talking about kids as little kids like that. He's talking about the people that, that they have the childlike mind and not really uh, still drinking milk instead of searching for the meat, instead of trying to mature they rather stay uh, like little babies. God said, no, you've got to learn what the word says and then do it. Don't be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And when they say, well, he knows my heart. He knows my heart. He knows my heart. He said, I will give to you everyone according to your works. But unto you, the 24th verse, but unto you, I say, and unto the rest of Thessalonica, as many that have not this doctrine, which have not known the death of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. Now, this is so important because this is where a lot of these churches come up with their doctrine on the rapture. It's pre, mid, and post. So this is where they get the pre when it says that I will put no upon you no other burden. That's why they said, we'll leave out of here pre. Then there's some that says, we'll go through the first three and a half years. And then there's some that says, we'll go through all seven years. There's enough information for all of it. And then my, my interpretation, which would be what the word says, I'm leaving with everyone comes first. First, mid, or post. It doesn't matter. I'm leaving. All right? But it says on the 25th, but that which you have already hold fast till I come. He that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, as a vessel as on a potter shall they be broken. It shivers of small pieces, even as I received from my father. That's quoting uh, Psalms 2, verse 8 and 9. 
and I will give to him the morning star. And what is star? The angel, our message. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. In other words, the Bible always interprets itself. It tells you that we're going to rule and reign when it's time. In other words, we're going through the marriage supper. And as soon as we get through with the marriage supper and it's time to come back, we're coming back to rule and reign on the earth. Most people are talking about a house up in heaven, the mansions up there. But when he says, my father's house has many mansions, it does not mean there's a mansion up there in heaven waiting on us, but a place that God has for us. And since it's many, I mean, as far as you can see all those stars out there, there could be that many different uh, nations or different planets and stuff that he will give us power to rule and reign because this is the dressing, dress up house. This is where you learn what the word says. This is where you put it to practice. You practice the word. If you work the word, the word will work for you. And I've said it over and over and over again. God said it over and over again. If you will work the word and stop trying to figure it out, it will work for you. And it says, and the angel, uh, third chapter in the first verse, and it said unto the angels of the church of Sardis, right, these things. He said that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, and thou, and thou hast a name that does liveth and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that you have already that are ready to die. You know, I keep telling you, the churches are dead. They need a resurrection. Strengthen the little things that you have. Be happy in what you get instead of saying, well, God, you ain't doing this and you ain't doing that. Stop complaining. That's what happened with the children crossing that uh, Jordan River. They were complainers. They ended up dying except for the uh, younger folks under them. Don't give up on your faith. Trust God. That's the best thing I can say. Trust God and obey him. All right, let me go back to the second verse again. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have found thy works. I, I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. If, therefore, you shall, uh, thou, thou shalt not watch, I will come upon thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. In other words, stop trying to say, well, God God knows my my heart. He's going to straighten it out. He said, you're the one supposed to straighten it out. You're the one to do the repentance. He ain't doing the repentance. You are. And then watch and pray, because you never know when the master's coming back. Change your ways. Change your ways. Now, it says in the uh, fourth verse, Thou hast a few names, even in Sodom, which did not defile their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. One of the things you want to hear God say, enter into the joys of the Lord, and then you count, you pray that you be counted worthy to be saved. See, I tell you, the word goes together. You just keep on adding the word together. After a while, that Bible will be coming, pouring out of you, and you'll start to learn, whoa, how did I know that one? How did I understand that? And all of a sudden, you'll see things start changing. Whoa, I didn't see this before. 
when last month I, I read it, I, the same thing, I didn't see it. But now I see this. For it says in the fifth verse, he that overcomes the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now, a lot of times people say, well, once saved, I always say. But as you can see, uh, Revelation, the third chapter in the fifth verse, he said, I will blot thy name out of the book of life. You cannot be blotted out until, first of all, you're written in. And then he said, I'm going to confess you your name or your authority before my father and before his angels. Boy, that's something. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. And the angel of uh, the church of Philadelphia write these things. He that is holy, he that is true, he who has the key of David, he that opens and no man shed, and sheddeth and no man opens. Now that thing there is one of the one of our weapons that we can use for deliverance. The key of David. In other words, when you speak the key of David, what uh, Jesus told the disciples, he said, whatever you uh, uh, bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. That's what he was talking about, the key of David. A lot of times when we're doing deliverance, that's why I say the churches need to be taught. They need to be taught. When you're uh, doing deliverance, you'll take the key of David and open up the prison doors. It says Jesus came to set the captives free. How are you going to be set free unless there's something that's binding you? So you have to use the key of David. And the word David means the beloved, the key of the beloved. But you can't just try and experiment it. I tried the key of David. I tried uh, the Jerusalem cord. I tried. I tried. No, no. You got to believe it. When I get ready to do deliverance, I'm believing that God is honoring his word and his word will not come back void. And I attack. I attack what we're supposed to do. But it is not me attacking. It's the spirit of God that's hooked up to God and hooked up to me. And I'm flowing in the spirit. I flow in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit that's in you. That's where you'll have that scripture. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. But you must first believe. For those that come to God must first believe that he is. And a rewarder, a rewarder of them that diligently, that's with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, him. All right. The eighth verse. I know thy work. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shed it. For thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name or my authority. In other words, when you say, in the mighty name of Jesus, you believe it, not in the wimp's name. You're talking about the one that created the heaven and earth in the mighty name of Jesus. I call in Holy Ghost fire. I call in deliverance. I call in healing. Whoa, not me doing it. It's him. And I believe his word. What happens if they don't get healed? What happens if they don't get delivered? Are you God? No. He, it's his job to do who he is. Our job is just to believe. It says in the ninth verse, it says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which says they are Jews, are believers in God, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet to know or realize that I love thee. 
God said he's causing you using the breath in your mouth. And eventually you will see your desires. That's what I, I liked about Daniel earlier. His desires will be seen upon those that are against him. It'll be one or two things. Either they'll be punished or they will be saved. Our job is hopefully that the enemy will be saved. Now, there are enemies out here that are Satan's children. There's nothing we can do for them. They're not going to be saved. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, uh, you, you're, you're, your father is the devil. In other words, you want to kill me. And he let us know that he was a murderer from the beginning. And so that's what killed uh, Cain killed Abel because of that spirit. And the spirit is so prominent in the United States now. That's why you hear murder everywhere, everywhere. And especially up in Kansas City, it's the number one on the FBI list right now, people getting killed. But I remember once before Kansas City was like that, and the church went to praying. They went to praying in spirit. They started battling the principality in the atmosphere. But as soon as everything goes peaceful and stuff, people back down. They get weak. They don't get on fire anymore. They get into that mentality, Lord, give me this, give me this. I need a house. I need a car. I want a $100,000 car. Look, be happy that you got a place to stay. Be happy you got a place to eat. Be happy you got clothes. Because as I told you, this is not our home. We're just passing through. All right, well, I'm going to give a break right now. If there's anybody there want to ask any questions or anything or comments, push one and let us know on the broadcast there. And I'm going to ask Dorothy if she has anything she would like to add. Well, I was just thinking as we're going through these churches, Father has assigned them all a messenger, right? An angel messenger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all they got to do is turn around and listen. Mm-hmm. And obey. And then, I, I, yeah, and obey. Mm-hmm. Listen and obey. And one of the things I was thinking about Daniel's question, that's the hardest thing to learn, I think, one of the hardest things to learn, is to try and see our enemies as God sees them. Because most of the time, it's the spirits behind them that are causing them Mm -hmm. to act out. And I found that one of the hardest lessons because... You're reeling from all the pain they're giving you, right? They're piling on, and and you're just mm-hmm. reeling, and it, it's hard to get out of yourself when you're in that position. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hear from preachers and other teachers and stuff. They're going through, and they fail to keep their eye on the on the target, on the prize. That it is not about us; it's all about what God's word says. And proving that it is true, we're witnessing for the word, which says, "Yes, you're hurting me. Yes, you're go- you're doing things that do things that destroy me. Yet I will still love you and pray for you." And that's the best you can do: is love them and pray for them. Especially like if you got evil parents, and just one day I was doing deliverance on, she 
First of all, she manifested a witch, and it wasn't her. It was her mother inside of her. Then after I got that out, the grandmother showed up. After that came out, then it was the aunt that was in her. But it wasn't the girl herself. There were three other beings of her bloodline that entered in and were bringing curses. Now, she could have said uh, bad things about them and just do things wrong, but she was willing to forgive them. And I mean, more than just lip service, it was in her heart. And because of that, they had no more power over her. And that's the way we have to be. And it, we have to understand it, the way God looks at things. He doesn't want none to perish. And if you ever go to hell, because I've heard a lot of people who said they've been to hell and seen what it looked like, you wouldn't want your worst enemy there. So that's why we fight to save souls and not to lose them. Right. And, and who knows that, that Father hasn't put them in your life for for you to be an example and, and bring them out of that garbage. Mm-hmm. That is so true. So we have another hand up, area code 336. Your mic is open. Hi. I'm going to keep it Hello. short. I stuck up to, uh, I've got a lot of information tonight, lots of notes, and I just wanted to tell you thank you for your program. Uh, it's definitely supplied me with a lot of hope. It gives me the strength to keep uh, getting through these trials and battles now that we know where they come from and get a better insight on how to deal with them. I just mm-hmm. wanted to say thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for your program, and uh, it has just been a blessing to me tonight. Thank you so much. Well, I'm glad to hear from you, and I thank you that you called in to let us know this is a blessing for you. Because a lot of churches are not teaching that it is, you know, what the scripture says, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, people are not the problem. And just like Dorothy said, it's the spirit that's operating behind them. If we can break that spirit off of them, they can get saved. Okay. Okay. I trust you. And a lot of times we're finding fault with one another. In other words, the devil wants us to have strife, argument, and fault finding and judging. When God tells us, listen, let's try to find what is good in that person and and then bring that up. That's why it says, whatever is good of, of a good report, think on these things. But a lot of times, mm-hmm. people want want to uh, think upon the bad things. And I wish somebody something bad would happen to them so they'd leave me alone. Instead of saying, oh, Lord, let them change. Let them change and, and out of your heart, not out of your mouth, out of your heart that mm-hmm. you receive the engrafted word and put it to work, put it to practice. Don't be just a hearer, but be a doer of the word. All right, well, very difficult, and we don't understand why people can be as uh, black-hearted as they are, or strong-hearted as they are. So, as believers, we uh, can get confused sometimes about, you know, what to do and, you know, how to keep our faith in the process. But uh, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, thank you again for calling in and letting me know. It gives me. An encouragement to keep going, to keep studying, to keep teaching, because yes. 
God's word is the only thing that will ever save us. Mm-hmm. All right. You got any more questions or any comments? Uh, no, no, not right now. All right. Well, thank you very much, and you have a blessed day. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dorothy? Yep, I'm here. All right. As I said, it is so informative, you know, when somebody calls in and tells me that they're learning something that makes makes me feel better. And, you know, I thank you again for having me on your broadcast because if you hadn't got me on here, I never would have been on this thing. And I don't know, how many months have I been on here now? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm so old, I don't remember time. It just flies by, you know? I hear you. I hear you. Oh, I enjoy but you, everything. Your programs, your programs are a blessing, even, you know, even just to me. So, And I know they're a blessing to other people. So, okay. I thank you. I thank you, and I thank you again. As I said, if there's anybody out there that got a comment or got a question, especially on about the book of Revelation, needing an understanding, a clear understanding, or if you have anything about being attacked by demons and stuff and you want to know how to fight that, then uh, give me a call. As I say, all you do is push the button one and it'll let me know. And you never know when you're going to be helping somebody else by pushing the button and asking the question. All right. Yeah, we just covered a lot of ground so far. And let's see, where did we stop at? Let's see, we had the third chapter. And at the book of Philadelphia, uh, the seventh verse. The word Philadelphia, a lot of times people don't realize that means brotherly love. Brotherly love. And if you notice, that's one of the churches that God didn't say nothing bad about. Love is the most important thing. Charity is what they call it sometimes. But love is the most important thing. And eventually, and in the, the near future, people will come that that uh, talk bad about you. They're going to be coming to you talking about, tell me about the Lord. Tell me what I need to do to get saved. And that's going to be not only people out in the street, but it's going to be your family. A lot of them who have turned their backs on you, I'm, I'm prophesying what's going to happen according to the word of God. It's going to be a major change. It's going to be a major revival as if it was before when the people were at Azusa Street and the building was on fire and the people were still in there praising God and the fire department went to put the fire out and nobody was burning, not even the building, not even the uh, things in the building, and people were getting healed. God is not dead. He's yet alive. What he did yesterday, he'll do today, and he'll do tomorrow because God does not change. He is God, and God all by himself. So let's look at uh, Revelation, the third chapter, and the uh, let's keep on going there then. Uh, the, uh, the 10th verse. Because thou have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee in the hour of temptation, which will come upon the whole world to try them that dwells upon the earth. 
In other words, that's that tribulation period. Remember I told you it's great tribulation and tribulation period. But see, the Bible doesn't go in a uh, uh, order where it's step by step by step, but it jumps around. And you got to find out where it is and what it's talking about and, and quickly put it in your life so that you'll know when it comes to pass. Even when the world does not know, you will be able to know because God doesn't want us ignorant according to the things that's getting ready to happen. So it says, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation that will come upon all the world, not some of the world, all the world, to try them or test them that dwells on the earth. A lot of people say, oh, I love the Lord, but let some trouble, trouble come. That's when you find out if you really love God or not. See, you can say, I love God, as long as there ain't no trouble in your life. But when somebody's threatening you, talking about, if you're a Christian, I'm going to kill you. Then will you stand up and say, kill me? Or will you say, well, I changed my religion? And it's going to be a time like that. It's going to happen. It's already happening. It says the 11th verse, says, behold, I come quickly and hold fast that which I have, that no man take that crown. So it's letting you know some people can steal your crown, the crown of life. They are what we call seducing spirits. Him that overcome, will I make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon it my new name. In other words, God says, I have a name for the temple, a name for you, and a new name for himself. So that's one of the things that, you know, one of the mysteries of God. What new name? What is he talking about? Only when he rule and reign will we know. And it says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the church. And then unto the angel, and the angel means star, or star means angel, of the church of Laodicea. Write these things, says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy work, and thou art neither cold nor hot. I'd rather that you be cold or hot. So then... Because thou art lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I will spew you or vomit you out of my mouth. Anytime God says something three times, you need to pay attention. Especially when he says, uh, you either cold or hot. Make a decision. Don't be lukewarm. Because he'll, he'll still throw you out of the kingdom. Get on fire. Get on fire. Be on so much fire for God that if your life depended on it and you're getting ready to die, at least you know I died obeying the word. I died believing in what God's word says. I died fulfilling my mission, not turning back, but pushing forward. You know, when they tell us to put on the whole armor of God, you notice that the things that are the whole armor of God, first of all, we have our alarms girded about with truth. If you're a liar, you got a problem. You need to work on that, that you will walk around in truth. Then it says, having the breastplate of righteousness. Well, you don't know what righteousness is until you have an understanding of what it really means in the Bible. The word righteous means to do what is right. Very simple. Everybody says, well, I got the righteousness of Christ. Well, prove it. Start doing what's right. Then I believe you. I'm going to check your fruits. But if you ain't doing what is right, then you don't have, you're not righteousness in Christ. Because you got to do what's right. You can't just be a hearer, but you got to be a doer. 
Then they said after having on the breastplate of righteousness, they said having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Most of us want to go for war, and that's because I was trained to be a warrior. Yes, I believe in war, but I, I learned to fight a different way. I don't have to use my fist and hit you upside the head. I can pray prayers that I'm trying to get your souls uh, saved, and God likes to hear those kind of prayers. So he'll put pressure on that person. He'll put pressure on that family. He'll put pressure on that nation that we'll turn around, repent, and start heading toward the Lord. Then it says, having the shield of faith. Another word for faith is trust. Do you trust God's word? It is a shield and buckler. It is a hiding place in all generations. It is the secret place that, uh, that a person hides under the shadow of the most high God. It is so many places that we hide under because it is the shield of trust. I trust God's word. I believe God's word. I don't doubt. That's why it says in uh, uh, first, I mean, the 11th chapter of uh, Mark, the 22nd verse, I believe, says, have faith in God. What does that mean? Have trust in the word that it will work. If you work the word, the word will work for you. But heaven, if it doesn't work, you still believe it and you still go at it. God's word will not come back void. Even if you have to die and he has to bring the word past later, that's what happened to one of the prophets in the Bible. He prophesied something and it did not come to pass. That was Jonah. And they labeled him as a false prophet because it did not come to pass. But when the next prophet came along, he prophesied the same identical thing. And that means what the first prophet prophesied was correct. And what he prophesied came to pass and that nation got destroyed. This is why you can't judge something. Say, well, it didn't happen in five years. It didn't happen in 20 years. You don't know about God. To him, there is no such thing as time. So if he says something, it might take 100 years, 700 years before it came to pass, like he did with Jesus. He prophesied 700 years ahead of time that a baby would be born in Bethlehem, and Jesus was born. The Bible says, Jesus says, I come in the bounding of the books as it is written to me. All the thing is prophecy, starting at Genesis 3 and 15, where he was uh, bruised his heel. That was the beginning of a prophecy of what God's word says, and it came to pass and continuously come to pass. The gospel is the good news, which is prophecy. What he said that my, I will pour out my spirit upon my own flesh and that your sons and daughters will prophesy. Do you believe in women prophesying? Do you believe in women preachers? I believe firmly in what the word says. If the word says that I will pour out my flesh, I mean my spirit upon my own flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy or preach, that's what I believe. And this is what you need to believe. So in other words, having the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, then it says putting on the helmet of salvation. Protect your mind. Protect your mind. There are so many seducing spirits out here. There are so many false uh, prophets, false teachers, uh, lying spirits. And if you don't protect your mind with the truth, you'll believe a lie. 
Because like they, they taught, if you tell a lie long enough, people will start believing it. Even if they know it's wrong, you tell it over and over again, they will start to believe it. So this is why the last part of that, you take out the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, what is truth. Read truth over and over and over and over and over again. And when you're tired, reread it again. Put the truth in your heart. Put the truth in your heart. Put the truth in your heart that you may not sin against God. The more you put truth in there, when a lie comes, mm-mm, you can, no, that ain't God. That's not right. That's wrong. Because the word of God says this. And that's why it says when you go to court to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That means, I told you, which is a word called amen, which means emit in Hebrew, which means truth. 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 So the more you practice truth, the more that God's going to be in you, the more you're going to have power over the works of the enemy. The enemy will start being afraid of you, and that's what you want them to do. Be afraid of you so that the enemy will flee. That's why it says, submit yourself unto God. Resist. Resist means just stop it or don't listen to the lies. And that's what most people do. They listen to the lies. The devil says, I got you hooked. You can't win. That's, uh, any of you ever seen The Wizard of Oz, the part where they call the whiz, these crows were singing to the scarecrow. Sounds like you can't win. You can't win. They kept programming it in his mind. And that's what he believed until somebody comes along with the truth and says, listen, the only thing that's holding you up there is you. Get down off the pole. Get get down and start to fight. And as soon as you start to fight, the demons will start running. But as long as you don't fight, or if they think they got you bluffed, they'll keep going right at you. And stop the bluff. Start some real action, all right? If there's anybody else out there that would like to punch in, now this is a good time. we got uh, 30 more minutes. All you have to do is push one, and then let us know you're on the air. And that way you can ask questions or talk about uh, either criticize what I'm saying or agree with what I'm saying. But let me know you're out there. All right. Well, let's continue on until somebody presses the button there. As I told you, you never know. When you punch the button, you might be able to help somebody else. All right. Third chapter and the uh, 13th verse. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church, churches. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, write these things, says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now, what is the beginning of the creation of God? The Word. That's why it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What was the Word? The Hebrew alphabet. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and each one of those letters represents a Word. And the Word is not just one little word, but it could be volumes. Um, just one word, like olive, which means uh, the head, the beginning, um, the mystery. But you never know until you start studying these things. As I told you, the Hebrew children, they started from the time they're little big kids. So the time they're five, uh, they recognize, they didn't recognize and memorize 
the Hebrew alphabet in family of 13, then memorize the uh, whole first five chapters of the Bible, the Torah. And they, that's why they prospered. For those that paid attention and studied. Of course, everybody's not going to study, and that's why they don't get it. And so there it is. These things says the amen. And what did I tell you amen means? Truth. The faithful and true witness. The beginning. The beginning. The beginning of the creation of God. God created the word. The word was in the world. And the world knew him not. And as many as received him, to them he gave them power, which is the word, to become the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And it says in the 15, it says, I know thy works, and thou art neither cold or hot. I would not, uh, I'd rather be cold or hot. Remember we talked about that? And the thing is, if God says something three times, that's when you need to pay attention to that thing. And it says in the uh, 17th verse, because thou say, I am rich, name and claim it, increased in goods and have need of nothing. And I know and know not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Here you think you've got everything, and here God says you ain't got nothing. Well, I got all the riches that I need. Like that, uh, the song that one man can claim. I got all the riches, honey, that, I, that one man can claim. You don't have nothing. You don't have God in your life. You don't have Jesus' word moving through your mind. If you don't keep your mind made up on the word of God, you have got nothing. And that's why 18 comes back and says, I counsel thee the buy of the gold track in the fire. Go through some. That thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the chain of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. In other words, God said, take the blinders off so you can see. Put on a pair of glasses if you need to so you can read. God's word is there to hide, but it's there if, we, if you search it out, it's there to help you. And it's here to make you who you need to be, the children of the Most High God. Then it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. Now, a lot of people don't realize that's also back in the uh, in the scriptures. God will at least one time in your life. Now, listen to this. I'm telling you, at least one time in your life, he will manifest himself. You will know beyond a shadow of a doubt God is. You will know that he, he, he loves you because of this scripture and his word will not come back void. Jesus said, that me and the Father will come and sup with you. That means we will reveal ourselves to you, and then you will understand the meaning of about what it says. Me and the Father are one. They agree. They agree on everything. Then it says, to him that overcomes, there it is again, I will grant them to sit with me on my throne, even as I overcame, and is sit down with my Father in his throne. He, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. There we just read the, the seven churches, what was uh, said about them. Five of them got, uh, got uh, 
rebuked. Two of them did not. God wants us to be like the two that did not get rebuked. He said he knows our works. He knows our labor. He knows our faith. He knows our patience. He knows everything. And he wants us to be, as his son is, obedient unto the word of God. No sacrifice. Obedience. And once you did that, you'll find out, Lord, I'm just, I'm just on the road. I'm just starting this journey. But as, but as many have not read the scriptures, as many have not studied the word, as many have not ate the word and uh, sucked on the breath when it came down to the uh, milk of the word and then eat meat later, you are going to be weak Christians. The devil's assignment is two things. Stop you, from one, from going toward Christ. That's his main job. And if he can't stop you from going to Christ, the second thing is to make you a weak Christian. Now, you'll say, well, God knows my heart, and, you know, I'm struggling and trying to listen. I'm trying to tell you. Yes, you'll struggle. When you became a baby, you had to crawl. Then all of a sudden, when you got through crawling, you learned how to walk. Then you started learning how to run. Well, that's the same thing with a Christian life. You don't stay a baby. You keep on maturing. And every time you get knocked down, you get back up. When you were trying to learn how to walk, you did not stay down because if you did, you wouldn't be walking now. You had many bumps, many butts. You had to fall down to your butt and get back up. And that's it. You don't give up. You keep on fighting. And don't give excuses. Well, I tried. And I just didn't work. Forget about that. Keep on trying. Get up and keep fighting. Keep on fighting. So is there any questions to ask about the uh, seven churches, the seven stars, the seven candlesticks? It's very important because later on when you get to reading about the two witnesses, they're in the book of uh, Revelation, the 11th chapter. You'll notice they would be called candlesticks. And there's a reason for that. Because a lot of people, I'll give you something to look for in your Bible. Find the name of the two witnesses that's located in the book of Revelation, the 11th chapter. Find out who are the two witnesses. They're the ones that gets killed, sit in the street for three and a half days, and then God raised them back to life. All right. Well, Dorothy, you there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, I was just wondering. I didn't realize that sometimes I'd be turning away from the speaker. Are you been hearing it clear? Yes, you've been very clear. Very clear. All, all right, man. Oh, I thank God for the uh, person that gave me that speaker. That was my son-in-law. And that's where I can broadcast and not having to hold a, a mic in my hand. Okay. So there anything you want to ask about questions or comments? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. This is it's just I'm since you're teaching this now and I'm looking at I'm looking at it through a different lens that teaches the uh-huh. spirit speaking to the to the churches. So yes. that I'm processing all that. And, you know, it took me forever to figure out what being in the spirit on the Lord's Day meant. 
I can't believe how long it took me to figure that out years ago when I first started as a Christian. And then you figure uh-huh. it out, or somebody tells you, you go, well, for crying out loud, of course. You know? <laughs> well, but there's a lot of things we miss. If, so we need to go over things, you know, again, because we mm. see different things get pointed out. So. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to talk about the book of Revelation. They said it's too scary. And don't realize that is one of the key notes in the Bible that teaches how to understand it by learning how to let the Bible interpret itself or explain itself. And those first three chapters are the easiest way of learning it. I want to say that uh, I look at is that, uh, as I said, we just finished the seven churches. And the next thing is we're going to look up this word called uh, rapture. A lot of times people so legalistic all the time. Well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, Sunday school is not in the Bible either, but it's been one of the most effective tools to win souls in the Baptist churches and stuff, Sunday school. And the word uh, rapture, it's actually written in the Bible, but it's written in another language. And what we did in the King James, they uh, changed the word to where it says, come up hither, which means to be caught up. And also, uh, the word uh, Enoch was translated. Well, that's another word for another word for rapture. In other words, he was caught up from the earth. That's why they couldn't find him. He went, he went to be with God. And the more you learn about the book of Enoch, the more you learn about what's going on in these last days. A lot of people don't even want to read the book of Enoch. They say, well, it's not in the Bible. But it was, it was in our Bible at one time, in the beginning of the church age. And the reason it got taken out, because uh, Constantine group, they called the Council of Tread, wanted to make it... Uh, they want to make the Bible friendly. <laughs> in other words, anything in there that it turns against a person's lifestyle or anything they didn't want to hear about, they change things. So, uh, like the, the book, one of the books that talks about thou should not commit murder to abortion. But it's not written in our Bible, but it was in the beginning. The book of Enoch was quoted many times by different people uh, saints of the Bible. In fact, the old, the beginning of the church age, uh, it was quoted by many of the old saints. But yet still, they took it out of the Bible because it tells us, hey, look, these things are going to happen in the end times and we need to change our life. So a person rather take their head and dig it, dip it into the uh, dirt, what is that, ostrich, and act like nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Just as you had your head, but it's still there. God's word will not come back void. And the more we study it, the more we'll see more. Because right now, uh, they are still finding books. They were already out there in the, uh, what's called the Vatican. They're hiding in the library. They wouldn't let the normal person read it. Because it would shock us to what the truth is and what is really required of us, you know, to... uh, uh, love justice, I mean, to uh, do justly, 
love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. What does that really mean? Well, if you don't have the whole book to read it, then you don't know what it's talking about. But that's why in the beginning, there was not 66 books. There was 111 books. God knows what number he wanted. It was 111 books, which represent God's word for us, messenger, 111. But it was reduced to 66, which is the number of incomplete and man. Man. So the more you learn, the more you, if you're hungry for God, the more you will uh, search and look for more. And then you'll see that the more you look and the more you uh, search the scriptures, God himself will start revealing himself to you. And the more you'll have an understanding and power. But as long as you try to figure it out by your own interpretation, uh, your own thoughts, you'll never get it. So as I tell you, the word rapture is not really in there, but the words for rapture is there when it says caught up. When it says he was translated, it means that he was taken up. Um, when it says that Elijah went up in a whirlwind, he went up in a chariot of fire. It's another word that he was lifted up off this earth, raptured up. And you notice when uh, Jesus appeared in glory in front of his disciples, who were two people that showed up? Moses and Elijah, which represented the law and the prophets. I told you, the word um, uh, gospel means prophecy. Everything is set up on the prophecy about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. If we'll get our, ourselves out of the way, like with the Hebrew alphabet, it talks about crucifying your ego daily. Well, instead of saying the Hebrew alphabet says that it says crucify your flesh daily. But if you get the understanding that it is hiding something, it means your ego. When you destroy your ego, things will change in your life. To give you an example, uh, most men, I ain't saying all men, most women, men, the reason they have a lot of women, a lot of girlfriends, is their ego is running before them. Their ego wants to be able to brag and say, look, I have this, I have that. Or women, not all women. Some women want to say how what they got in life. I got this new house. I have a new car. I have a husband. They give me all I need money-wise and stuff. But they fail to understand we're on this earth to do one thing, to glorify God. How do we glorify God? Showing love to one another. Willing to do things for others and, and mistreat yourself to get their things done, to get uh, pleasure into their life. A lot of times people will see people in the gutter and I'll say, hmm, they must have messed up some kind of way. They don't even think about, hey, it may not be their fault. Job fell through. Uh, wife left the husband. Husband left the wife. Kids are on drugs and stuff. And Well, I, if you raise your kids right, they shouldn't be on drugs. You can't say that. That's because you never know what 
things have entered into a person's life. When I was in the military, we had what they call peer pressure. People would do things that they normally wouldn't do, but because of people pressuring them onto something, man, you ain't with us. You don't have to be with us, man. We're going to kill you and stuff. You know, I'm talking about over in the wars and stuff. But thank God that, you know, once you learn the word, the word can change you. It can change the whole situation that you're going through. So that's why I tell people, love God, love the word of God, and do it. All right. Anything else, um, Dorothy? Nope. Haven't got a thing. And no one's okay. raising their hand anymore. Yeah, I just wish one of y'all just push the button and let me know you're out there. Because I don't want to go over until um, Revelation, the fourth chapter. That's what we'll do next time. But I want everybody to be on the same page since we already finished the uh, churches and stuff. Next thing we're going to do is talk about the judgment that's getting ready to happen and about the four horsemen and what is the fallacy about some of their teaching about the four horsemen and stuff because the four horsemen are in the Bible not once but twice and it's, and the people have misinterpreted how about it means Russia and all that but I told you the Bible always interpret or explains itself and it doesn't need any human interpretation. All right. Yep. Okay, let me get this one more scripture in this. I'm going to turn over here to um, let me see here just a second. Change if I can find it. Okay. I don't want to waste anything. I said I might as well use it all. <laughs> uh, I actually read something earlier today that you know that could help us because it helps. You know, the Word of God constantly is a blessing to us if we read and understand it, and what is hidden and what is made revealed. And the more we to read the hidden word, the more it be revealed to us, to change us. We ain't worry about changing everybody else. It's changing us first. And once we do that, then the rest of the world can be changed. Let's go into Psalms. One of the things about Psalms here. Because, see, Psalms is so important. And the more you learn about it, the stronger you will become. And one of the scriptures that I want to look at is Psalms 119. Psalms 119. If you have a King James Bible, if you have a King James Bible, when you turn to Psalms 119, you'll see uh, the Hebrew alphabet, what I was talking about earlier. And that is, the first word is Aleph. The next one is Beth. And you count down eight verses, and it comes Gimel. Eight means new beginnings. And all the way through this, you come down eight verses, it will give you a new Hebrew word. And there's 22 
Hebrew words. And there are 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. Each one of the book of Revelation represents one of the Hebrew words. And the more you have an understanding, then you'll start understanding, oh, when it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the beginning, or Aleph, or the head, everything comes from Jesus. He is the word. Without the word was not anything made that was made. Everything is established and uh, brought up by the word of God. That's why it was so important that the people would learn the Hebrew alphabet. They would learn the law and the prophets. They would learn what God been trying to teach us about his statue and about the end times and give us understanding that we'll keep the law of the truth, not just the law, but the law of the truth. And that law is to love, to love, to love, to love. So as I said, as we go through, uh, maybe one of these weekends I'll teach on the book of uh, 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 the Psalms 119, which is the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. All right. Well, we're getting close to the end. I got uh, 7.56. What do you got, Dorothy? Um, yeah. Uh, well, we're in different time zones, so I'll, I have 8.57. So. 8.57, okay. And the, the timer says two minutes, 40 seconds to go. All right. Then, well, let's go ahead and pray for folks. Would you like to pray tonight? All right. You know, I was thinking, you know, since you've been asking me so often to pray at the end, that that I would like to pray for Father to do in people's, people's lives what he wants to do. I know I want them to have eyes to see in the spirit and ears to hear in the spirit. But I would just ask Father to please, because it's not about what we want. It's about what he wants. So that's what I would like to pray for, for the, his will be done in everyone's lives, for them to hear his will and do his will. Because once you hear it, you can't help but do it. Amen. So that's my prayer. That's my All prayer right. in Jesus' name. So. Amen. Well, I agree. And I receive. If nobody else do, I receive. That's one of the things we have to start doing, start speaking, I receive in Jesus Christ's name. So the promises are yea and amen, and they're put out there in the atmosphere. And because it comes out to the atmosphere, we got to claim it for ourselves. So if you want to be blessed, say, I receive the blessings of the Lord who gives who gives it to me without upbraiding me or criticizing me because I'm asking, Lord, in truth and in in the things that I need for the people and the things that I need for my family and friends. I'm talking about my church family, then my biological family. Father, you're such a good father and kind father, and I just want to uh, let your word go forth mightily into this world. I'm looking for the celebration of the children or the sons of God manifestation this year, as in September the 29th, which is the new year in the Hebrew uh, calendar. And I'm looking forward to where the power of the Holy Spirit 
will start rest ruling and reigning in people and that we'll move into a spiritual atmosphere that they have never seen before that we'll be able to tell people what God thus says the Lord and see the see it done with power and not just one or two but seeing it in, in the churches every morning every time the churches are open Jesus presence shows up the Holy Ghost works with us the Holy Spirit is rest ruling and biding in us and the Father is smiling upon us that the joy of the Lord is our strength Father we come to give you the praise the glory and the honor in Jesus name Amen. And so next week, I mean, the week after, we'll start with uh, uh, Revelation, the fourth chapter. So I won't be texting you this okay. time. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. You have a blessed so, night. Sorry, my cat was trying to decide she wanted to snuggle right this second. Um, <laughs> Oh, I hear you. Be blessed. So you have a blessed evening. Okay. Okay. And everyone, Father, bless everyone. And good night, everyone. I'll see you next time. Amen. Amen. Good night. Good night.